Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Plymouth Argyle drew 0-0 at Colchester on Saturday and moved within two points of tabletop in Doncaster Rovers. Joining me today are podcast regulars Baron Cross and Chris Harrington, both having made the trip to Essex at the weekend. Good morning. Hi Jack. Good morning Jack. How was the uh, journey back? Are you recovered Considerably now? quicker than the journey up. <laughs> we were racing the Argyle team bus at one stage, ably driven by uh, Jeff Crudgington. There was one stage, Baron, I don't know how it happened, where we passed the bus yes. on the M4... And then the next minute, we saw the bus ahead of us on the M25. I still haven't worked out how they did that. I don't think Chris has ever seen me that stressed or anxious before. On the, the final stretch of the A12 between the M25 and Colchester, we were just desperate to get there. We'd been in the car well over five hours already at that stage. And the food and drink was calling us at the hotel in Colchester. And it was, it was really painful. It was the worst traffic jam right at the end, wasn't it? Really? It, it, it wasn't the best. But we did have a good catch up with John Ashton, the former Argyle defender, um, who lives in Colchester. And um, sort of kept in touch with him since his playing days. Um, was um, played probably most famously in the uh, Jimmy Glass game uh, against Carlisle all those years ago. And he uh, now works for Aviva in the City of London. Seems to be doing well. And took his kids to Colchester, sat in the away end, and was cheering on the Green Army. So yeah, it was good good to catch up with him. Always nice to see familiar faces. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So Chris, it's been quite a few years since you've covered an Argyle game at mm. Colchester. How how was it? Yeah, 2010 was the only time that um, Argyle have been to the Western Homes Community Stadium, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit out on the out on the limb as far as uh, Central Colchester is concerned. But when you get there, the stadium's um, very nice. I would have thought the fans had a good view. Over a thousand Argyle fans there, good view, nice seat stands, um, and, and and I enjoyed it. And I, I think Baron, you you enjoyed being so close to to the, the touchline and Derek Adams. Didn't I saw you? some of the pictures someone yeah. tweeted, and I was quite amazed. At yeah, it's, it's it's quite nice being that close. At home park, the game where we watch most of our games, we're we're, we're far away right at the back of the grandstand, mm. and you can just about see Derek Adams, let alone actually hear him and, and, and see how things work on the bench. And it was fascinating to be that close to the dugouts on Saturday and see exactly how that dynamic works between Paul Watton, Craig Bruce, mm. and Derek Adams, and listen to the kinds of instructions and when they give them to the players and. I was particularly struck at set pieces, how they really micromanage the players. So at each individual set piece, they'll, they'll be barking orders at the various players you know, in that what two or three seconds before the actual kick is taken. So it, 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 was, a, it was fascinating to see that insight because obviously we only ever really see the, sort of the media face of Derek yes. Adams and, and the way he is. So it was nice to see how he actually is a bit more naturally with his players and with his, with his, um, his backroom staff. I, when I'm at home park, I normally sit in the Lindhurst, but when the uh, Mayflower was open, it was quite interesting to sit there a few times, so like you yeah. said, just to hear what they're saying on the bench. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also, you, you've been to quite a few away stadiums now. How yeah. did that one compare? A bit better than some of the ones around Leeds, I'm sure. Yes. Um, I, 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 <laughs> my, my Wi-Fi travails continue. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say the Wi-Fi was particularly brilliant, but um, I'm just gonna, I think clearly that's a, that's a, a trend throughout Leeds, so I'll probably stop whinging about that now and just move on and accept it but it was it was a lovely new stadium as Chris says it's it was it was open at each corner so there was a bit of a breeze coming through at the end which 
made uh, Chris and I a little bit cold after the match, but um, lovely, clean stadium. Uh, I don't know how the home supporters feel about it, but as a visiting um, journalist, it, it was more than adequate. Um, plenty of leg room for me and my, my six foot six frame, so I, I was happy in that regard. But yeah, I think I think being that close to the dugout was what stood out for me, and I, I really enjoyed it. And Colchester had, at least before the game, I'm not sure if that's changed now, the second best home record in the league. Argyle kept another clean sheet, came away at a point. Good result, Baron? Yeah, I would say so. Chris, Chris and I discussed it, didn't we, Chris? I think it's um, we consider it. It was a strange feeling, wasn't it? We went into the match feeling there wasn't a great deal of pressure. It would have been nice if they could have got the win to keep the pressure on Doncaster. And you, I, I tried to sum it up in a piece straight after full time in that it, 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 it shouldn't be seen as a missed opportunity because Doncaster lost and it would have been brilliant for Argyle to win, but they really gave everything they could. And as you've said, Jack, Colchester, I think now have the joint second best home record because Portsmouth won at home at the weekend. Mm. So it's no mean feat going to Colchester and, and A, keeping a clean sheet and B, coming away with, 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 uh, with at least one point. And after the game, the Colchester boss said that his team deserved the win. Quite a few teams, Chris, mm. man, opposite managers have said that throughout the season. And do you agree? He's not the first manager to say it. What's your view on, on that? It's, it's how, you, how you look at a game, isn't it? And from John McGreal's perspective, I can see why he said that. His team had most of the possession. Um, they created two or three good chances, normally falling to Chris Porter, who... Normally would have taken at least one of them, but um, you know headed wide a couple of times when he, he should have done better. Um, so yeah, possession-wise, yeah, definitely. How many shots did Luke McCormick have to save during the game? Hardly any. Um, and it was one of those typical away, Argyle away performances in the fact that you know they did sit, sit deep, um, but the way they defended the crosses into the box was very good. Jan Songo's having a good, strong finish to the season and. I thought he was excellent again. And no Sonny Bradley, so the two, the soccer yeah. and Yon Songo did well. Socket and Songo did fine, yeah, they, 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 they did a good job. You know, the team defended solidly. You know, you'd, you'd have liked to have seen them create a few more chances, but it was a strange old game at the end because, you know, in the stoppage time, both teams were just playing like four or five up front and, and going for it. And, you know, it's one of those games where you might have, if you hadn't followed the game and you thought, oh, nil nil, kind of been that eventful. And, and for a lot of the game, it probably wasn't. But the last sort of 10 minutes, you could not accuse either try, team of not trying to win it. I mean, they, they literally threw the kitchen sink at it. And again, the Colchester boss said that Argyle came to try and win. Yes, he did. Which is quite which I'm, I'm pleased rare to did. see a manager say that. Yes, it, it, it was nice for him to say that because obviously there's only so much Chris and I can say and people believe us. Mm. So it's nice that John McGrew acknowledged that as well. Um, in hindsight, why wouldn't have Derek gone for it? I mean, they can lose every game now and, and not lose anything, really. So why not go and try and win every single match and, and see what you get out of it? So that, there was no surprise that he did that in, in hindsight. But yes, I think, as I said in the piece on Saturday, hopefully when people look back in years to come and people don't view that match as the one that they should have won because they really did try, it just was one of those days. Was there a noticeable difference? Did you, could you see the pressure was off them or did you not, did you not really know that? that? They certainly didn't play as well as they did against Newport. I mean, that was a freak result, wasn't it, against Newport? And they just they played absolutely beautifully. Um, so they weren't that good, but and there were moments. I, I do recall a moment in the first half, which I don't think Chris actually saw, was um, David Fox picked up the ball off the defence, deep into the Argyle half, just outside the penalty box. And he pinged a pass, no joke, it was over 60 yards. Uh, could have been beyond 70, but I, I hedge my bets and say at least over 60, on the diagonal towards Graham Carey, using the advanced left position. And it goes right over the top of the defence. Carey runs onto it, about a 15-20 yard run. And he takes it down without breaking his stride onto his left foot. And continues his run forward. And it came to nothing. But it was, it was that kind of pass and quality that I felt was um, a good illustration of how they were playing without that kind of pressure. And was, it was a, 
sort of an indicator of a sort of similar way they played on Monday. Doncaster, they dropped three points against Wickham, um, and now this is two points separating them and Argyle. Chris, <laughs> Doncaster next to next. Mm. Can, can Argyle win the title and are Argyle fans extra fans this weekend? Well, they, they can do it. Whether they will do or not, yeah, what time will tell. But, you know, Argyle at home to Crew, Doncaster at home to Exeter, as everyone knows now. So, you know, Doncaster will have their hands full with Exeter. Excellent away record, as we all know. They're in um, a good run of form. Ruben Reid scoring a, a late penalty for them as, as they won on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know... Doncaster are the favourites. Obviously, they're two points clear and they've got a better goal difference. Mm. But but results could uh, see things change very very much on uh, Saturday. So yeah, it's all to play for. It's great. And you know, if Argyle win against Crew on Saturday, then whatever happens, they'll go into the last game of the season with a chance of winning the title. And you know, we'd have all taken that at the start of the season. No, it's an important point on Saturday, wasn't it? Because it means that there's a, mm. they can overtake Doncaster in one mm. game now, which yes. they couldn't do before because of the goal difference. That's no, correct. Mm. No, correct. So yeah, it's definitely. Um, um, on the cards, you know, you'd still rather be in Doncaster's position, but they have lost the last two games, so you know that's that's not great uh, for for them going into the final couple. A lot of the Green Army will be keeping a close eye on the extra game on Saturday, I'm sure. Mm. So the Pilgrims have confirmed that there will be a promotion party, and one one person has got in touch to talk about that. Ryan, thanks for your question, has said, "When is the promotion party day, and and when does it start?" Baron, yes. You, you so uh, I've had a look at the Plymouth City Council press release uh, for everybody's information. So it's going to be Monday, May the eighth. The promotion party itself will be at the Plymouth Pavilions, uh, and before that, there'll be a bus tour, which they say will leave Home Park at six pm and head into the city centre via Armour Road, North Cross Roundabout, and Western Approach, before turning left into Union Street, around Derry's Cross, and up and down Royal Parade, where thousands of the Green Army are expected to welcome their heroes. So it sounds like... Is it Ryan that asked the question? Ryan, yeah, that's right. So it sounds like, Ryan, it, that they're expecting Royal Parade to be the place to be. Um, and then there will be a balcony presentation expected around 6.30pm on Monday. Um, and three buses taking part in the parade will be parked up at Home Park from 3pm. So you can go up there to the buses and uh, give flags and banners, I believe, to dress the buses if you wish. It sounds like Royal Parade and then the balcony reception at 6.30 is the place to be. Uh, and there will be a promotion party and it, and it says uh, players, staff, guests and members of the Green Army. So I, it, it doesn't express sort of any more information on, on how you can be one of those members of the Green Army going to the party. But I'd imagine they're not going to let the whole of Plymouth get in. So I'd imagine mm. there will be some kind of uh, process in terms of letting some people in and some others not. And Chris, you, you've seen a few of these promotion parties before a long time ago now. Is it a spectacle to behold? Yeah, Jack, you're too young to remember, aren't you? I was just after, yeah. yeah. I, I, didn't, I was too young to go on my own. My dad wouldn't come oh, with me. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that depresses me, see. So, um, yeah, 2002, 2004. Um, I think they were both on Sundays. They both ended up with the players going on the balcony at the council house. And I do remember the sort of uh, the plaza area in front of the, the council house being just full, full of people with green and white scarves, flags balloons and, and the players going up on the balcony and Paul Watson famously going we've only gone and done it and all, all this sort of stuff so yeah, yeah it was it was it was a good occasion you know hard to believe that the last one was 13 years ago and um, yeah it'll be um, it'll be a good night I'm sure for, for all, all concerned and some people including our Herald Sports um, editor Andy Phillips have criticised Argyle for the timing of the promotion party um, but they have told it at some point, and it's impossible to keep everyone happy, isn't it? Some people work in the evenings, no matter what they do, sometimes they can't win. What, Chris, what's your view on 
Yeah, it's, it's it's slightly problematic with the Grimsby away game on the on the Saturday um, because that's a five thirty kickoff, and uh, I know we've got a question about that coming up later on. Mm. So, um, doing the maths, they're not the squad aren't going to be getting back from Grimsby much before four or five o'clock on yeah. Sunday morning, and then does that sort of is is it great to then have a parade Sunday afternoon, say sort of thing when? The players are still, you know, catching up on sleep and whatever. And of course, there might be a lot of Argyle fans at Grimsby in the last day of the season because, depending on how results go, that could be where Argyle could win the title. Yes. So those Argyle fans are going to have to get back from Grimsby. A lot of them might stay up on Saturday and then travel back on the Sunday morning. And people work um, Sunday as well, retail, don't they? And it's, people work Sunday, so it's one of those you can't please everybody all the time. Um, I think if Argyle had been at home on the Saturday, last Saturday of the season, it's more than likely they'd have done it on the Sunday. Um, but being at Grimsby at 5.30, so they're not going to be leaving Grimsby till what, half past eight on a Saturday mm. night, and then you've got a 350-mile coach journey back, dragging the players out at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon with supporters trying to get back from Grimsby. You know, It's, it's not ideal, but um, I'm sure they've not picked this time and this arrangement for no good reason. I'm sure that... Argyle on council will have sat down and had a good chat about it and what they feel was best. And yeah, some people might not get to see it, and, and it, you know, it's unfortunate. But again, these sort of things, there's always going to be people saying, "Well, I can't make it." Yeah. But you, you can't please everybody. And at the end of the day, hopefully that everyone that goes along will enjoy the occasion. It doesn't happen very often. The last one was 13 years ago. Who's to say when the next one will be? So you know, Argyle fans that are in around Plymouth. Get along if you can. Go and see it. It'll be great. And by the sounds of it, you will actually get to see see the players and and sort of have the chance to mingle with them as well. And, and that would be a great experience, won't it? And in the opinion piece that Andy's done in today's paper, Baron, he, he's said the club haven't considered the fans properly. Do you think that's a bit harsh on our goal? Yes, I think it is a little bit harsh. I think. Um... Chris summed it up very well. I mean, you can't please everybody, and it's not like people at Argyle are sat there deliberately picking a time that's going to annoy more people than not. So, I think they have considered them. I mean, if they weren't considering them, they could have done it in the middle of the day on a Monday, couldn't they? When everybody is at work, so they've they've at least considered it to have considered them enough to have it at a time outside of traditional working hours. Yes, not everybody's going to get there, and yes, a Sunday would have been perfect. But as Chris says, they're away at Grimsby with a late kickoff and. There will be a good number of the hardened home and away Argyle fans mm. that will be staying in Grimsby that night. Mm. Um, so, I think in terms of giving everybody or the the most um, passionate Argyle supporters the best chance possible, Monday's a good time to do it. You don't want to wait any longer because Chris uh, quite rightly mentioned to me off air that the players won't be hanging around very long. I mean, yeah. the, the summers are are fairly short when you're a footballer and you need to get back in time for pre-season training. So I'd imagine most of them will be jetting off on holidays. So you need to do it sooner rather than later. And what difference does a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday make? You can have to do it. You can't do it too much later in the day because if you're starting at 7 or 8 p.m., then Children, the younger Argyle yeah. fans aren't going to be able to get there. So you you have to sort of hit it somewhere in the middle. I think well, 6.30 for a balcony reception, I don't think it's entirely out of order. I think it's a difficult situation. You're not going to please everybody. But yeah, I think it would be wrong to be too harsh on Argyle because you're not going to please everyone. So away from the promotion party, but we talked about that in, in some good detail there. We have some members of the Green Army hoping the X to win promotion. <laughs> Tom Clark has said, Good morning, gents. As an Argyle fan of 40 years and working in Exeter, I've always wanted the other Devon clubs to do well. I actually want Exeter to get promoted, to continue the rivalry in League One. Chris, do you share that opinion? Um, I think it would be, it'd be good for Argyle. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. You know, to have that rivalry, 
um, to have a full house at home park in League One next season. Um, so I think you know they would stand to gain financially. Um, I'd be pleased for Ruben Reed if if our Exeter were promoted because uh, you know Ruben did did really well for Argyle, so it'd be good to see him there. And you know it's an interesting one, and I know some Argyle fans will say no, we want to see them in League Two or struggle or, or what have you. But I think if you've got a rival. It's better to play them, isn't it, rather than uh, have a rival and, and never never play against them. So, I think on balance, yes. They know. got they got the uh, Checker Trade Trophy, Chris. Your favourite competition? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, there is always there is always that. Um, but you know you, you you know going to Fratton Park and seeing the rivalry that's developed between Argyle and Portsmouth, very exciting names. And you know full well that if Argyle played extra in in League One at Home Park next season, it'd be a near full house and it'd be a good occasion and. Um, you know, something for people to really look forward to. And, um, so, yeah, I, I think so. But, you know, they're on a good run of form and it looks like they're definitely going to make the playoffs. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want to... Don't please ask me. Don't anyone ask me who's going to win the playoffs because I haven't got a clue. Yeah. It is going to be so, so close. I mean, yeah. it, even with two games to go, it could be any of about eight. That's the thing, you don't even know who's going to be in the playoffs yeah. yet. Let alone who's going to win, win. it. Yeah. Um, Baron, you don't profess to be an Argyle fan, but you've obviously worked for them and you've developed mm. some obviously liking for them. What, yes. what, what's your view on this topic? Do you want Exeter to go up? Yeah, I think I think I would. I think um, from a purely selfish point of view as a journalist, it's nicer to to work on games which are um, considered more exciting. There's more going on. There's more fans there. As Chris says, the Portsmouth games are absolutely fantastic, and it's it's a privilege to be involved in them and writing about them. So. Yes, same with the Exeter games. I think I would rather see Exeter not necessarily doing better than Argyle, but at least in the same division. So we've got two more fixtures we can look forward to. I think uh, I've mentioned to Chris a couple of times that it, it's, it's mapping out quite nicely the teams that could be going up with Argyle because you've got the Down Ferguson angle with Derek Adams, you've got the Portsmouth rivalry uh, with the two. Mm. And, and we've talked about this as well. The, Portsmouth and Plymouth will be two of the biggest clubs in League One as well next season. Yes. So it's good to see them coming up as well. And I think if you were to pick any of the playoff um, sides that are in contention, Exeter's another one that brings in two more very attractive, very exciting fixtures next season. So, yeah, I think, as you rightly say, I'm not an Argyle fan, but for me as a journalist, I'd like to see them up there. And away from that, it'd be nice to have a team that's not a million miles away, Chris, a very Northern League. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, there's, travel time. There's quite a few trips up to Lancashire. Um, we were sitting working out when we watched Dale Oldham, Berry, all in Greater Manchester, and Wigan, Wigan and potentially Blackburn and Fleetwood and... Uh, so there's lots of trips up the M6. We should so. get a hold office up there instead. Yeah, I mean, Baron, <laughs> Baron wasn't a particularly happy camper travelling uh, up to Colchester. We'll just wait till we get him on the M6 on a Friday night. He's going <laughs> to love that. Yeah. <laughs> to practice over the summer. Yeah. Um, so Matty Kennedy missed out with the game. One of the players that missed out because of food poisoning, I believe. Mm. Richard mm. Sloman, who's a regular listener and often gets in contact with questions, mm. so thank you for that, mm. has said, what are the chances of getting Kennedy on loan again next season? Chris Baron? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, um, Warnock's talked a lot about competing for the playoffs in the Championship mm. next season, and mm. if, if that is the case, and he gets the money that he wants from the owners, then you would, you would have to say he's going to be going for players of a better calibre than Matty Kennedy, who isn't quite up to, based on what we've seen, he doesn't like to have the consistency of a top six Championship player, so if Warnock gets the players he wants, then Kennedy may well be sent out on loan again, and, and why not to a League One club that he's already familiar with? That's a progression, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I think there's a good, there's a good chance. I, I would think that you know Neil Warnock will look at things in pre-season. I would think Matt Kennedy might get um, get a few games, yeah. quite possibly against Argyle at home park in pre-season, mm. um, and then see what players he can get can bring in. Neil normally is is pretty good at wheeling and dealing in the transfer market, 
and it might be one of those you get to the end of August, just before the transfer window shuts, and uh, he looks at his Cardiff squad and he'll decide whether Matt Kennedy's got a realistic chance of featuring or not. And if he hasn't, then you know it would make sense to put him out on loan. Um, and I'll go be a League One club, so that would be a step up in level for Matt Kennedy. So it, what are the chances of getting Ken, uh, Kennedy on loan again? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't be totally sure it's a, a, an absolute given, but on what Matt Kennedy's done, if you said to me that Argyle could get him back on loan um, at the end of August um, for five or six months, I, I, I think that would be a good move. That's, what's gonna, that's the other question I was going to ask. Would you like to see him back? I, I think yes. No. We know you would, Baron. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got he's got ability. You know, yes, he needs yeah. to find a bit more consistency, but he's got ability. It was a shame he missed out on Saturday because I thought against Newport he was really mm. back to his best. He, mm. he had an excellent game against Newport, so it was a shame he missed out on um, on Saturday at Colchester. But yeah, no, he's, he's shown enough to me to think that if he was playing in League One for Argyle, I think he'd do a good job. And if he had a whole season, well, you know, yeah, one well, yeah exactly. Another player we talked about getting that full pre-season under the belt is um, is Anthony Sarsavic. Um so if Kennedy was one of those who was to come in and, like Chris says, either the end of August or a little bit earlier and a bit more time, then, like you say, a full season and Derek Adams, who knows what he could achieve. And we touched on this a bit earlier on. The final game of the season, and obviously we've got crew first, but the final game of the season will be a 5.30pm kickoff. Dave Soule has got in contact and asked, what are your views on that? Is this another time when fans are not considered? Carlisle are away at Exeter. It's pathetic. Yeah, thanks for the question, Dave. And yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, the, this is TV. Yeah. TV's calling the shots. Um, there's potentially one game going to be shown at 5.30 that Saturday on the TV. Um, I haven't seen, I would imagine they'll leave it till quite late and they'll pick a game that's got the most riding on it. Um, but it's clearly not going to be Argyle against Grimsby, I wouldn't have thought. So um, yeah, you're kicking off at 5.30 for the sake of a game that's taking place somewhere else in League 2. Um, it is unfortunate, you know, that Argyle are so far from home. Carlo are at Exeter, same, same thing. It's modern football for you, I'm afraid, isn't it? TV pay big bucks, um, and they call the tune. Um, it is unfortunate, 5.30 on a Saturday. And it's, it's what we touched on before, 5.30, so 6.15, 6.20, half-time, 6.35, just doing the maths in my head as we go. The game might not finish to, what, half seven? You know, if, if you're a, a, a fan... You know, you've got the decision that you're going to drive back to Plymouth uh, on, on the sports coach or whatever, and it could take seven, eight hours. You know, you can work out what time you're going to get back home, or are people going to have to stay up in Grimsby and then um, travel back on the Sunday? So, no, I'm not a big fan of that at all. Baron, obviously, as Chris said, it's about TV and, and money. Yeah. Fans want money in the club. Money comes, but things like this have to change. What, what's what's yes, your view? Yes, uh, I think um, it's, it's a good point. TV certainly do do pay a fair amount of money, and the, the clubs do do very well out of the, the TV money, or better than they would do without it. So I yeah. think you know Sky, for their sins, you know, we, we, it's easy to sort of um, have a dig at these sort of large multinational companies and say they're just money making machines. But at the end of the day, if they're paying for it and nobody else is willing to pay for it, then fair play, let them call the shots. But unfortunately, on this occasion, League Two does get does get done out of it and. Argyle, especially with the distance they have to travel, but yeah, I mean, if TV want to do it, TV want to do it. I mean, depending how this weekend goes, I mean, I suppose Doncaster, if they were going to cover the title race, and if it was going down to it, then mm. you would think they may go to the Doncaster game rather than um, uh, the Argyle game. Because of course, there's the Hartlepool angle with Doncaster, so they could mm. be looking at yeah. whichever team wins would either stay up mm. or win the league. So. Yeah. Like Chris says, it's unlikely Argyle would get on TV, but yeah, they've got the right to do that. At the end of the day, Jack, you know, the, 
Sky cover the EFL very well. They pay money for it, and at the end of the day, would the EFL are the EFL better with Sky covering them or not? And, and they are. So you, you have to take it with a rough with a smooth, but you know it's not really great for the fans. And we're all guilty of you know what, saying mm. there should be more League Two games on TV. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So you, you, again, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Can you? And finally, then we'll look ahead to the game on Saturday. Crew are the team making the journey to Home Park. They dealt the final nail in Leighton Orient's coffin as they tried to step mm. in the football league at the weekend by beating them three 0 Will they be looking to hit the final nail in the promotion coffin or the title winning coffin of Argyle this weekend? Yeah, well, you would think so. Um, you know, nothing to play for from their point of view, so they can come down and nice and relaxed. You never know what kind of team you get. They might play with freedom and abandon and, and cause a shock. They might play like Hartlepool did on the last home game of the season last season and get beat five 0 I mean, mm. very difficult to to call when a team comes down and, and how they're going to approach it. You know, I would always err on the side that they're a, a team of professional footballers with a lot of pride at stake and I would expect them to, to make it difficult for Argyle. But as, as I mentioned earlier, I think the exciting thing is if Argyle win that game, whatever happens, they're going to Grimsby with a chance of winning the league. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. I would have thought there'd be a big crowd at Home Park. Um, it's the last chance for a lot of the fans mm. to see this particular promotion winning team. We don't see promotion-winning squads at home park that often, so I hope you know all Argyle fans, if they can make it, get along, see the team for uh, for the last time at home park this season, and give them a good send-off into the close season after you know a fantastic season. You know, 83 points, automatic promotion, away records, uh, club record for away wins, club record for most successive away wins. You know, some, FA some great FA Cup run. It, you know. It, it, it has been an excellent season, so hopefully everyone turns up on, on, on uh, Saturday and gives the uh, the team and everyone a good send-off into the summer. And Baron Crew might not have any, much to play for, really, but it's far from a dead rubber game, obviously, with what Argyle have got on, mm. on their hands. Do you think the Crew players will be hoping they can try and spoil the party? Yeah, I think, like Chris says, they're professional footballers. No, no, no player actually goes out into a match looking to lose it or looking to roll over deliberately, so... They, they certainly will turn up and, um, and try to put up a fire. You, you would like to think that because Argyle do have a lot more to play for and it's very much in their interest to win the match, that they will take it by the by the scruff of the neck and deliver the win that we, we'd all like them to see. But yeah, crew won't be any mugs, but let's hope for another Argyle win. And last game at home park of the season as well, so uh, I'm sure a few people would like to uh, enjoy that. Well, thanks very much for joining me this morning. Um, we'll be back next week when we'll... Hopefully, be talking about extra winning for a change, <laughs> and um, we'll have another look at the title. Come on, Jack, as an Argyle fan, that yeah. must hurt you. If they can hand us the title, I'm, I'm, okay, okay, I'm okay. happy with that. <laughs> okay. So, join us next week. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at HeraldPAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening. Thank you.